Support for Waveform comes from Anthropic. So looking for an AI solution for a business, it might be time to check out the Claude 3 family from Anthropic, your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. So whether you're powering a customer chat experience or doing complex R&D or need advanced analysis, Anthropic can help provide you with frontier intelligence. So if you're looking for speed, power, or anything in between, the Claude 3 family offers AI models for a variety of tasks and budgets. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode two of the Waveform Podcast. I'm your host, Marquez Brownlee. And this is Andrew Manganelli. And today we've got a whole bunch of stuff that is pretty much never in the news. So we've got YouTube controversies. We have Elon Musk tweets, Apple exploding batteries. And we'll go ahead and wrap it up with a quick Q&A from you guys, all in about an hour's work. We got a lot to talk about. We're going to do these podcasts, first of all, every two weeks. So I think Friday is the day we're, we're picking, Friday morning every two weeks to drop these episodes. And a lot has happened in the last two weeks since last Friday. So I think I'll just start with the main thing that we wanted to focus on, which was improving the actual quality of the podcast. And we got a lot of feedback from you guys on Twitter, in the comments section, on the Waveform Twitter. Uh, mainly the quality of the audio itself, that's something I was trying to focus on. We've done a little bit with that. Yeah, we've done a lot with that. Uh, Hopefully you can tell. I think people with headphones will notice the most because the main thing was there was a hiss. The noise floor was, I don't know if it's up or down, but it basically was causing a hiss in dead spots. The and noise floor was pretty high. We had some background noise. We had the jellyfish server right behind you, which is mm-hmm. being picked up by the mic. That's off now. So those fans aren't spinning. And we had some other like noise stuff that we've eliminated. The, the Shure microphones that we're using to record this are often sold with what's called a cloud lifter. Mm-hmm. And we just got the microphones and set them up and didn't have a cloud lifter. And turns out they're amazing. They're essentially amplifiers for these mics that will help bring much more volume out Yeah, I think it. it adds like 10 to 15 decibels. Yeah. Uh, the Shure SM7Bs are quiet. Uh, they're definitely made everything I've been reading now because I've been, the last two weeks, I've been reading <laughs> a bunch on audio, which is super fun. Um, they're definitely studio microphones. Right now, we're just kind of set up in the middle of our studio, which has pretty good soundproofing, but not totally ideal. Yeah. Uh, We are looking for a studio, a separate podcast room in the new studio for next year, so I I cannot wait for that. I'll just go ahead and say, I was just in a a little bit of a radio interview earlier today with NPR. You guys have already heard that by the time this goes live, and they had a whole entire room, of course, dedicated to just recording audio. And I learned a lot just sitting in that room looking around. You don't want parallel walls. You want tons of sound isolation. The room itself is pretty small. Either way, small teaser, the 2020 studio will have a dedicated podcasting space to sound amazing. And for the video version for subscribers on the channel will look pretty good too. So that's in the future. Yeah, that's that's a bright future ahead. Um, but but the main thing right now is people who listened on headphones, they heard a, noise, a hiss in the last episode. I heard it. Yeah. I definitely heard it. I think a lot of people in cars maybe didn't hear it because you have some car noise and it might have not come through. If you had your volume up really loud, you probably heard it. But hopefully everything is fixed. It should sound way better now. Yeah. Up to our standards. I so think that's exciting. hopefully we'll just get better. Yeah. A lot of people on Twitter and on our subreddit gave advice. It was fun reading all of it. Yeah. Did a lot of research. So since the last episode, a couple of videos have gone live on the channel and I want to give some updates to those. That's what I think the podcast is going to be primo perfect for first of all the apple card so 
got a ton of attention. You wouldn't think like a little uh, little piece of metal, little titanium card would yeah, get. Yeah, let's get some little let's ASMR, get some card ASMR here. Little titanium dropping. It makes a pretty satisfying noise. But the card itself uh, is just a physical uh, version of the Apple credit card that you could already apply for and get in the wallet app. Um, small fact check in that video. I said you couldn't use the actual physical card unless you used Face ID for secure login. That part is not true. You can use the card itself because that is a chip without Face ID. But also, I'm holding the card here, looking at it. It wears okay. It's an all white card, so it's like you see this oh, little yeah. scratching on the back in the magnetic strip. I think it's been oh. swiped maybe like six times. Yeah, you've had that for like two weeks, so yeah, it's gonna scrape down there. I mean, every credit card does, but if you're just if you're looking for this perfect white Apple credit yeah. card, pure aesthetic. And I just shared, I just retweeted. It's a hilarious account, but a Johnny Ive parody account. Oh, where, be- one of the best accounts on Twitter. One of the one of the, my favorite accounts, um, where he tweeted a matte black Photoshop of this card, and it looks. Great, and there's other matte black metal cards out there too, but I would have liked to have seen that. Yeah, I think what was interesting about us posting it, when we looked, the only other video about an Apple card on YouTube at that point was a guy <sighs> shooting it with a 22 caliber pistol. I couldn't pistol. believe that. I, yeah. ju- I literally like looked it up. I was like, is this the first a- video of an Apple card mm. on YouTube? I don't know. Looked it up, and yeah, sure enough, it's a it's a durability test with a couple bullets in it. That's the only other video It at did that surprisingly time. well. Yeah, it did good. But yeah, a lot of people watched that Apple Card video. I don't really have any other updates other than if you're thinking about getting one because it is out now, it is actually shipping to people who are applying and getting them, uh, think about the ecosystem. It's not an amazing credit Mm -hmm. card. It has the 1% uh, rewards for using the physical card, 2% for anywhere there's Apple Pay, which is pretty common in the United States. And then 3% with, uh, I think it's Uber is their partner now. Oh, really? And Apple.com. I think it's actually, or all I Apple thought I read products. all Apple products. It is yeah. all Apple okay. products and Apple.com, Apple stores, Apple, whatever you use this card for. Um, I don't buy that much stuff from Apple, so it's not a huge deal to me. So it's mainly a 2% off type of program. Hey, I mean, 3% cash back on whatever the hell this Mac Pro is going to cost. That's a great point. That is a great point if this <laughs> ends up being a very expensive computer. But I, I have, what, five bucks? I have $4.64 of Apple cash now that I can add to my iTunes account Let's if I want go. to. So pretty psyched about that okay the other video that went live that i thought was a lot of fun was the 5g explain video Mm -hmm. this is a super fun project to actually work on because we kind of got the idea and we had some other versions of this floating around before we actually did it Uh uh-huh yeah we were i mean potentially (laughs) i i think the main thing is we've been seeing on twitter all this time like just screenshots of look at these speeds. It's I all get. the same. Yeah, every single one is you see a person outside with a picture of their phone getting 1,700 down. Yeah, which like, is well, how do absurd. I get that? Because that's yeah. amazing. And it's always, Verizon took me to Chicago to test the latest. Yep, like, it's always exactly. the same thing. And I was like, well, I would love to have gone on one of those trips. I actually remember saying no to one because we had other stuff. So I think it was RetroTech, actually. Oh, yeah. So now that the Galaxy S10 5G was on sale and I could just do it myself, Mm -hmm. that became the plan. I mean, it wasn't even, the plan was go to test it. We were thinking of flying to Chicago. Oh yeah. Something came up and then we're like, oh, we'll push that back to another week. And then Marquez and I were sitting here on like a Wednesday. What video are we going to do next? Like we can't do Note yet. Uh, The Note 10 5G doesn't come out till later. So we couldn't do Note 10 5G, but I had ordered... I spoiler, I spent what was it, one thousand six hundred something dollars mm-hmm. 
with tax and shipping on the Galaxy S10 5G. And I was like, you know what? Instead of going to Chicago, we looked up Verizon 5G cities and turns out Providence, Rhode Island is one of those hotspots. Yeah, and just a measly four-hour drive away. I, it helps that I like driving. Yeah. <laughs> I really like Apollo. I really like driving. Uh, so Brandon came through and we hopped up in the car, brought the video gear, brought the Galaxy S10 5G, and drove to Providence. It was like a four-hour drive. We yeah. supercharged along the way, got some food. Can, can I say something about, I don't travel very much in Teslas, and I've always th- thought a huge drawback was I have to sit and supercharge. We we grab lunch on the way there, grab coffee, and then on the way back, grab just like Quick a top up. super uh, like subway at a rest stop. None of those times we were specifically waiting for charging. Like it was all stops we wanted to make to grab some food and we made it the whole way. So yeah, that was just new for me. I the was human, the human body clock is definitely going to run out faster most of the time than the battery. Um, so if you just stop to use the bathroom and charge for five minutes, the one thing you have to keep in mind with Tesla road trips, I know this is turning into a Tesla mm-hmm. thing again, but sorry, sorry. <laughs> the one thing about Tesla road trips is the batteries charge significantly faster from a low power state. True. Yeah. So the the, the best stop we did was the one on the way home where we got back to that charger, which happened to be at like a quick food stop. But we got back, I think I had 45 miles on my battery out of the, the full 300 miles. It I think gotten. we were even lower. I thought it said it was we were getting low. there at like six miles or something. It was going to be. I, okay. I drove pretty like conservatively and we got there with, you know, a good amount of miles, but like 40 miles left on the battery is pretty low. And plug in, I think by the time we even got our food to eat, Mm-hmm. we could have left and gotten home. We had like 90 miles yeah. on the battery. So it charged very fast from the lowest state. And that's something to keep in mind. If you're if you're ever, this is a super niche piece of advice, but you're, if you're ever doing a Tesla road trip and you're trying to figure out when to charge, low battery is uh, is a good time to charge. <laughs> Surprised. Yeah. Back to 5G. Yeah. It was a fun trip. It was wonky. Wonky probably has to be one of the best ways to describe how it, it worked for us. I mean, we were doing millimeter wave. It's just a pole that kind of downtown Providence, which is mm-hmm. a beautiful town, by the way, right next to Brown University. Right next to Brown, yeah. Um, I'm so glad we went there rather than Chicago. Not Nothing against Chicago, but a big city like that makes filming so much harder. This was a super nice small town, looked great. And then we realized we just drove four hours to film a, a telephone pole, essentially. Any uh, regrets? I don't think that was- No regrets. It we was, learned a lot. Oh, yeah. It, the amount of times you would just be like, all right, get ready to film. Up, oh, I'm on 4G. Yeah. But I can see it. Oh, now I'm on oh, 5G. On I 5G. didn't move or do anything. And uh, now I get 2,000 down. It's like, what is happening? I put it in my pocket and took it back out. And now I'm back on 4G. Yeah. Okay. So a couple behind the scenes things you guys didn't see from the video. One, really, truly, the amount of times we switched back and forth between 4G and 5G without changing anything was staggering. I had a, a, a section I cut from the video where I just walked in circles, basically, around the 5G tower and like raised my hand when I had 5G and put my hand back down when I had 4G. And there was really no rhyme or reason for like no. further away as 4G or closer as 5G. Like I could just stand in one spot and have it switch back and forth for no reason. The other thing is we were on Brown's campus and a couple people of course came by and like noticed the camera gear like, oh, I know you're a YouTuber, you said hi. Uh, I asked each one of these people, you know, they were like, why are you here? Yeah, so why are you in Rhode Island? This little town. <laughs> and I said, well, I'm shooting a video on 5G. And they're like, oh, cool. And I was, I asked each person, did you know there's 5G here? N- no. 
no didn't know that They're, most of them were like i didn't even know 5g was out or yeah. like a thing you can physically use yet yeah nobody nobody around here was using 5g so it was super super empty i mean i'm sure a couple people heard about it or mm-hmm. maybe were using it but yeah if you just if you just walk through and just did a speed test you could get your in the video i got two thousand megabits per second down <laughs> at a certain point Dream. which is insane um another thing i didn't really talk about much which is not something I know how to prove yet, but when I first moved into this building, I got about a thousand down on the Wi-Fi for this studio. Mm -hmm. And I was the only person on this floor, right? So people move in, tenants plug in their routers, people start splitting the signal going into the building. And today we get like 90 down, like in the same spot, Mm -hmm. on the same exact router and the same exact connection. I don't, know if that inflection is going to happen with 5g because today in 2019 almost nobody uses 5g and i go out there to providence and i stand next to the pole and i get 2000 down yeah you could probably argue that anybody taking a screenshot of a crazy download speed is probably the only one at that time on that small milliliter wave tower so so yeah i don't know if that's if in 2022 when i go back to a 5g city or maybe new york city has it by then or maybe it's just right outside the studio if i do a 5g speed test is it am i ever going to get that speed again no clue we did find out someone in the building does work on 5g stuff so maybe when Uh, we meet them downstairs for lunch one day (laughs) if they're listening yo reach out come through maybe we can uh we can figure out what to do a speed test next but that's something i didn't know exactly how to address so it wasn't in the video but keeping an eye on that so that's your 5G update. Also, the Galaxy S10 5G, pretty nice phone, even if you're not on 5G. Yeah. Yeah, pretty good. Battery life is very, very good on 4G. I'll, yeah, I'll add not that. On, not, not on 5G. 5G. <laughs> um, also, by the time you see this, Galaxy Note 10 review is probably live, but that'll be its own whole separate thing, so stay tuned. Okay, some uh, some other short topics, some short internet news. We have, uh, we sort of left on that note of the last podcast that I was heading out to San Jose for ultimate frisbee for the adl mm-hmm. we did in fact win our games that's awesome congratulations yeah thank you so that was that was the final four of the adl which is the professional ultimate frisbee league in the united states and canada um we won our semifinal against indianapolis in a bit of a nail biter and then we went on to the finals the next day to rematch dallas who we lost to in the playoffs last year and we avenged ourselves and got a trophy out of it. That's so that awesome. Dallas sick. has been known, for those of you who don't follow Ultimate, they've been known as a powerhouse in this league. They've pretty been in the championship much since they came into it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're a big team. They're a tall team, which Empire is a tall team as well. Um, something you guys probably all saw was Marquez had a pretty disgusting layout. Um, it, <laughs> it was, it was almost too perfect. Uh, yeah, yeah. It People don't so understand much. what turf... Uh, if you've never slid or something on turf, it's miserable. It yeah. hurts very bad. Um, I think a lot of people even noticed in our last video, you have a big cut on yeah. the inside of your elbow. Yeah, that's um, from that one video you guys saw. The thing about turf is there's like, there's even different layers, not layers, oh, yeah. like levels of turf. Yeah, yeah. So I've played on like really nice soft turf fields where I'm like, this feels like grass. I'd, I'd lay out and slide and I'd be fine. And there's turf in New York where I'm not exaggerating when I say it feels like a layer of felt on top of concrete. Mm-hmm. Like it's barely qualifies as turf. Like it's really bad. And that's like bad for your knees and you don't even think about laying out. This is like nice turf. It was in San Jose. It was a pretty, 
it was an overall nice weekend. I'm not complaining about anything, but yeah, that, that hurt a little bit. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> they always say behind every great play is a completely mediocre <laughs> throw, so shout out to Tristan Yarder yeah. for that horrific throw. You know that, what? It had just the right amount of edge that I could make a play and my defender couldn't, so yeah, shout well, out to Tristan. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Tristan. <laughs> All right, uh, two videos I have on the internet this week that I think are worth sharing. Last week you had uh, Simone's yeah. uh, Mantis Shrimp video. Mantis shrimp I ended video. up watching it. It was great. Okay. I got two videos Glad for you. you. Cool. So first one uh, is from Mr. Who's the Boss. It's not even so much the video, but just about this topic I've been thinking about for a while. Okay. So Mr. Who's the Boss, fellow tech YouTuber. I'll, it'll be linked in the show notes. You guys probably already know of his channel. His video on why crazy phones fail. And we talk about smartphones so much on this channel because we get really hyped about all these wild new things and trying to figure out if they're gimmicks or not. And you sort of put yourself in the seat of a manufacturer thinking about making a new phone. If you're Samsung and you have this crazy new gimmick, like, I don't know, folding it in half or something wild hmm. like that, are you going to make that the newest feature on your flagship or are you going to make a separate line with maybe even a separate name so you can try crazy new stuff and if it fails, it doesn't damage your if it ain't broke, don't fix it brand. Yeah, true. And that's something I've never really put into words but I really appreciate it. Like people are willing to take risks, as he says, on smaller decisions like, well, where do we go for dinner? Well, I've never had this, let's try it. If it mm -hmm. doesn't, whatever, I'll just take a snack when I get home. But like on your three years of a phone contract coming up, do you take a risk on this folding phone or no, this swiveling motoring selfie camera. Like there's all kinds of weird stuff going on that's unproven basically. And people don't buy that. It's kind of a it's kind of a weird place to be and, and I felt that was a good way of saying it. Yeah. Then the other video was Sam Sheffer, good friend, New York City YouTuber, doing a tour of the Dead Mouse Cube that he performs in. It's a new cube, right? The new cube, yeah. yeah. Which that was, it's again, a super high tech look, but it's a behind the scenes. So if you don't know Deadmau5 already, he's an electronic music producer. He tours all the time. Uh, I've had his music and videos in the past and we've hung out in the, a couple of times as well. He he does this cube thing on stage. Yeah, How do I describe this It's cube? hard to describe. It is a cube, It's but it's a bunch of screens essentially that it's are like all It's like a 25 together. foot tall LED wall yeah. in the shape of an actual, 3D cube mm -hmm. that he's he takes a ladder up into and DJs in it and it's got these continuous moving images on the outside of it that sync up with the music and the light show in the venue. It's it's a whole thing. It's a it, we went to a show once. Um, we we were gonna do a video with him. We wound up scra uh, scrapping it because we never finished it. But we actually got to go up into one of his. I think it was V2. I think the new one's V3. I'm not totally sure on that. Um, and we got to go up up in it, it was crazy. And we got to see the show after, and I've never seen one of his shows. His music's great, but his show is so much more. It's like, great. It's yeah. insane to watch. It's a vibe. It's Yeah, it's <laughs> people go crazy, but it's just completely fascinating about the music. And he does all these graphics that fit with the music that are showing on this crazy cube Underrated. along with lights. It's incredible. Underrated pieces. He is responsible for a lot of the graphics mm -hmm. and coding and what goes on that you see on the cube. So yeah. not only is he making the music and the performance and DJing and making that happen, but the visuals that go with it. It's yeah. pretty great. I'm pretty sure he has a mini one at home that he sets on a table yes. where he can test all this stuff out, which is 
cr- it's so cool. It's wild. So if you if you haven't seen that video, I'll also link that in the show notes. Sam Shepard does a behind the scenes look and gives a pretty in-depth tour of that. And you can get a little peek of maybe what you might want to see at a show. All right, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and talk about some YouTube news, some Elon news and more. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from NetSuite. And that's exactly what NetSuite provides, support. But what they really provide is support where you need it because no one needs help where they don't need it. So NetSuite wants to provide you with products and services that are tailor-made for your business. Help where you need it. NetSuite is a top-rated cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessible from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all of your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math, see how you'll profit with NetSuite. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended their one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks, so head to netsuite.com slash waveform. That's netsuite.com slash waveform, netsuite.com slash waveform. All right, we are back, and we've got some, some YouTube stuff to talk about. A whole lot is always happening in the YouTube world. One of, the, uh, one of my favorite little nuggets of what's happening right now is you might have seen uh, another YouTuber by the name of, uh, he wears socks and sandals, what's his name? Uh, Linus. Linus, Linus Sebastian. Linus, Linus, <laughs> Linus, Linus Tech Tips himself, he called us out on his podcast, on his live stream, and we are officially racing to 10 million subscribers. Yes. Never thought I'd even say those words. Yeah, 10 <laughs> is crazy. I think I started out the channel around like four and a half, so to think that it's, the channel's almost doubled since I started crazy. is wild. I can't, I can't like, I don't know. There's no way to, to visualize that scale of an amount of people. But right now, both of our channels are somewhere between 9 and 9.2 million subscribers. I have a little bit of a lead on him at the current moment. Mm-hmm. He he called me out. So there's hashtag team MKBHD or hashtag team LTT. Uh, a little bit of merch war is going on. A little little foul play maybe. I don't oh, know. There will, def- some inside there will work. be foul play. It's Linus. Let's be real. Um, <laughs> we I think we need planning. to step up our foul play probably. I need we're going to get crushed here. I need, to, I need to troll a little bit more on Twitter, I think. I think that's what's happening because Linus is definitely on that, that troll game right yeah, now. Yeah, we... 
we unintentionally sabotaged someone with a he posted a picture of oh, I love that. someone at work wearing an MKBHD hoodie. Whoever so. it was in Linus's office wearing an MKBHD hoodie. It was a hoodie. It was a hoodie. Yeah. Wearing the MKBHD hoodie. Thank you. Please reach out. We will send you 10 more so you can outfit everyone else in Linus Tech Tech's headquarters with more MKBHD merch and slowly everyone around Linus will be wearing my merch and it will be amazing. Yeah, Linus has a lot of people on his team. You know that, right? I, I mean, 40, 50, how many is, that's a lot of merch we got to send over there. I sent a couple codes over, but- I'm willing. But reach out again. We'll hook you guys up. Fully willing to make that happen. Team MKBHD, anyway. Um, okay, in YouTube news and like actual news, we have a, a bit of a YouTube DMCA discussion. Walk us through this. I, I found this super interesting because YouTube, we all know, isn't isn't run perfectly. We love it. It's still the best. <laughs> That's There's lots of controversy around there. Sure, yeah. A big thing we see a lot is people abusing the copyright system or the DMCA takedown system. And for those who don't know what that is, that's there is a system on YouTube where if there's a legitimate copyright issue, someone else has re-uploaded your video. Someone else has stripped part of your video and without your permission, put it in their video. You can use the system to take it down or to request that they take it down yeah. if it's not in fair use. And if that does happen to your channel, you get something called a strike, which is not good. Uh, if you get three of them, you lose your channel. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, people work very hard for these channels. I, I know a lot of people out there have tried starting channels. You know how hard it is. So recently, to, uh, around the end of June and into July, they found somebody who was severely abusing the system. Mm. Uh, I think the way it came about was there were some Minecraft channels. Pretty much what happened was they were getting striked by this guy. I forget his name. I don't want to know his name. Mm -hmm. Two of these channels, I believe one was around 11,000 subscribers and one was much bigger, I think between like four or 500,000 subscribers. Oh, so geez. imagine growing a channel to 500,000 subscribers and then yep. having someone use this system to potentially take your channel down, which is exactly what he did. He basically, he striked both of them twice and then because of that, Third Strike now loses your channel. He was DMing them on Twitter and saying, PayPal me X amount of money, which I also think is like, he was asking for like 150 bucks. It's a little low. What are you doing? But either way, he was extorting them essentially and right. threatening to issue a Third Strike. Channel would be taken down unless they paid up. Luckily, neither of them paid up and instead tweeted to YouTube, which gained some traction. Right. And that's how YouTube essentially found this guy. After that, they found out he he's not only doing it to these two. He's focusing a lot on Minecraft channels for some reason. I think he himself had a Minecraft channel. Oh, wow. So this okay. is kind of like a eliminate the competition slash extort some extra what money go out wrong? of it. Yeah, definitely nothing's going to go wrong there. And because they reached out to YouTube, YouTube looked him up found he had been issuing a bunch of these, falsely, of course, and then not only that, but had 15 other accounts that he was doing the same thing with that they oh, all so he went back to him. Oh, so a serial abuser of oh, the yeah. system. This okay. guy, instead of working on his Minecraft channel, he was definitely just focused on ruining other people's channels. Um, but the reason they decided, or one of the reasons they decided to specifically target this guy is through information he found out in a copyright notice. Uh, so he issued a copyright strike on a channel, got personal information from that, and then swatted somebody through that. Oh, so he's just a horrible person. This is just a te terrible, terrible person. Okay. okay, so just for, if you're wondering, I know there's almost no positive press ever about YouTube's uh, copyright system, but there is a correct way to use it, where yeah. I've, I've had this happen in the past, where like, let's say I upload a video, this is 
This is going to be pretty close to a real-world example. Uh, I upload a video on the Colorware AirPods, right? Uh, so they're like these, they, they painted the AirPods mm -hmm. and they look like custom colors, basically. A company who is basically making knockoff colorful AirPods that aren't Colorware decides to rip my footage and use it in a promo video to promo their knockoff Colorware AirPods and then pays lots of money to spam this video everywhere, everywhere. where it looks like basically because of my footage, I'm modeling these knockoff earbuds when it's just ripped footage from my Colorware AirPods video. So what I will do, because it's basically them just ripping my footage, is this is not fair use. They're actually trying to profit from footage that they've not even asked me if they could use. I can use this, this copyright system to put in their video, put in my original video link, and basically swear under... Oh, not even under oath. No, but there, there's a box you ha have to check when under uploading. penalty of perjury. You have to say that this is a correct usage of the copyright system. You put in the, the address, you put in everything, and you submit the timestamps to make sure it's all accurate. And click go, mm -hmm. and it sends a notice, and it will take down the video that they are not allowed to use. That's also how they'll see. They'll get an email with my information saying this is the person or the channel that decided to send a DMCA copyright strike. That's all the information right there so that's what that guy's getting but uh yeah that's that's a correct way to use the system i almost never use it people re-upload my videos all the time and i don't really care i just yeah whatever but like that particular case was a pretty egregious spam use of it so uh but yeah there's tons of <laughs> negative press about using the system incorrectly and like you know big 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 record labels hearing like somebody hum three seconds oh, yeah. of a beat a bit of music and it gets manually claimed um another bit of verbiage people often hear but might not know what it means uh, a manual claim versus an automatic claim youtube has a system where it automatically detects copyrighted music and if you're uh if you're a business that's a part of that system you can upload all of your music and youtube will recognize it and if someone else uploads music or videos with your music in it automatically it will get a copyright notice yeah and then and i think you can dispute it and go to manual review after that but right but there's been this rash of manual claims of like people who work for these companies going in and finding youtubers who've uploaded videos with like a split second of music in the mm -hmm. background or like literally they'll like hum part of a song or like say the yeah, lyrics or, without saying yeah them. like a car drives by and has the window open blasting yeah. music and you'll see it and you'll get the timestamp, and it's just like really this is why you claimed it and then mm -hmm. you have to go through the dispute process and in that time, the AdSense revenue is held, so this is this whole problem for creators who rely on that revenue where the, the big companies really don't, like, why are they even, I don't know. Anyway, so the abuse of the system is is far and wide and, and, and all kinds of weird ways. I've always dreamed of YouTube totally revamping the system, but. I, I'm almost wondering if this is gonna potentially help start something like that. I did hear uh, Filter Franco went over this and he did mention towards the end that they were working on a new thing that if music's heard in the background for exactly reasons like that. Someone hums something, you hear it in the background. I think it's up to like five seconds of a song would be allowed. I'm not okay. totally sure on that. Um, but yeah, this kid, he has to, he went over the top. You have to think they're kind of using him as, as an example. Yep, he's an yep. example. He's so, uh, so he a little bit of precedence. So YouTube actually filed a lawsuit against yep, him. They, they sued filed. him and mm -hmm. setting it a bit of an example, like you, if you abuse the system, you will not be treated well. I don't know what's going to happen to the kid, but I mostly hope that this is people who are going to attempt to do this in the future, see what's happening and 
get scared before doing something like this because glad, it's a terrible thing. I'm glad do. YouTube has YouTube has a bit of a spine here. They, they could yeah. just sit back and be the huge company and be like, hey, listen, we'll make it stop. We'll change the system. But yeah, I appreciate the extra little action to create or to protect the creators in that little bit. So good luck. Yep. Our boy Elon Musk. Our boy has Elon been in the news a little bit. Elon's in the news, really? Yeah, I can't. He's never it. in the news. If dude. you had to guess where he said something to get caught in the news, what would you guess? Probably either LinkedIn or I'm gonna go with TikTok because he's usually on TikTok, right? Yeah, he's definitely for over sure there on TikTok. No, he probably tweeted. Of course, he tweeted. Yeah, he Let's tweeted. be real. Which is so always what, yeah. What did he tweet? I just my favorite part about Elon tweeting is his tweets are never that long, and they. The amount of articles I read about this one single tweet being pages and pages long. It's <laughs> incredible how little he can say and how much the media how much can, can write. Yeah. It's That's, in- yeah. yeah. I kind of, we were, we were sort of in the middle of this when we first did that Elon interview and he was in the middle of like a whole bunch of other Twitter. Pro- it wasn't even the funding secured tweet. It was some other tweets oh, before that. No, that, like, yeah, that was like literally like you can pick two tweets of his and there's probably like an encyclopedia written about like the implications of the companies he runs. Uh, what did he, what did he tweet this Let time? Let me find the exact tweet. This is the tweet. Nuke Mars explanation point. Oh, he's talked about that. Oh, he's yeah, he's talked about it before. But this is he's bringing it up again. He um, changes. He's changed. First of all, he changes his profile picture like every day. Yeah, it's like. But a, it was that for a second too. It was new. Right now, it is a metal dragon holding a sphere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that is, uh, to be honest. But it did say nuke Mars for a bit. Um, so, if I'm remembering correctly, he's talked about uh, if you had to move humanity to Mars. The first thing you'd have to do is stabilize the temperature to yep. something Earth-like, and right now Mars is a little too volatile, so you nuke the poles and something, something, bring that, the temperature down. Yeah, that's down. the super brief way of explaining it. We're going to go a tad more in-depth, which is probably still like <laughs> 2% of in-depth of what this could be about. We are not scientists yeah, no. by any means. Disclaimer. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to try and... I read a lot about it yesterday. I'm going to attempt to explain it a little bit. Okay, I'm excited. Go Um, for it. So he first mentioned this about three years ago, actually on Stephen Colbert's late night TV show, um, which was hilarious because Colbert was asking him about, you have billions of dollars and you're doing things to the planet. Are you a superhero or are you a villain? And after his nuke Mars statement, villain (laughs) seemed to be the, the consensus. That's a great answer to that question. So everything I've read is that essentially... Yes, Mars is too too cold. At, at like certain times in the summer, it can reach up to about 70 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, um, really? But for the most part in the winter, it, at night, it's like negative 100. I think the average is okay. like negative 50. I only know that uh, I used to be a huge space nerd. I know that Mercury, when facing the sun, is like way too hot. Mm-hmm. And then right when you cross into the shadow on the other side, it's way too cold. God, I know that about imagine? Mercury. There's no atmosphere on that planet, so it's kind of rough. I don't know how atmosphere is measured exactly, but I think I believe that Mars is like one percent of Earth's atmosphere. Oh, not much of an atmosphere. I mean, you have to have an atmosphere to stabilize temperature. Mercury is so close to the sun that it's just burnt up, and if you're in the sun, you're getting roasted, and if you're on the other side, you've lost all your heat. Yeah. It's not <laughs> holding anything in. The atmosphere holds the heat in. Earth has some some atmosphere problems. You know, people mm. talk about that all the time. So I guess. The next logical thing is to mess with Mars's atmosphere. Yeah, so pretty much if the difference on Mars is that the poles, the ice is, isn't made out of 
just water. It's made out of a lot of carbon dioxide. So if we oh. nuke the poles, we're essentially releasing carbon dioxide exactly, in the atmosphere. into the atmosphere, creating a greenhouse gas effect and potentially starting to warm it. We're not. It's not like nuke the poles. Oh my God, it's warm. I can wear a bathing suit outside. Kind of <laughs> like it's. It's not that potentially easy. Potentially starting to warm the planet up, which could start letting microorganisms start to develop. And then we all know microorganisms, they feed on C on carbon dioxide. Release and oxygen into the atmosphere. Exactly. So it's kind of a, I mean, this, you don't know how many variables there are in something like this, but it's kind <laughs> of well thought out. You have a planet that's cold and uninhabitable, but you have lots of gases to contribute to greenhouse the greenhouse effect. You Now, when you say nuke, does he mean literally like fly a rocket with nukes in it, crash into the pole, explode? I don't know. So what? What, he, what he said on the original interview was the way of doing that is thermonuclear weapons. He didn't exactly okay. describe how. I yeah. think he recently tweeted something along the lines of, let me see if I can find it. He had a follow-up tweet recently that says, Nuke Mars refers to a continuous stream of very low fallout nuclear fusion explosions above the atmosphere to create artificial suns. Much like our sun, this would not cause Mars to become radioactive. Oh. So even just that is huh. is a he's, lot different than originally kind of thinking what dude, he said. It's wild what this guy thinks about. Like the fact that he's thought about, yeah, wow. Yeah. So yeah, don't nuke Mars because then it becomes radioactive nuke right above the atmosphere, create a whole lot of radiation that doesn't make it in, but makes like an artificial sun that melts the caps and then releases the carbon dioxide and then creates microorganisms and then makes oxygen in the atmosphere and warms it up. And then we can live there. Yeah. If all that Flawless goes to plan. plan. Yeah. There's definitely absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, there's not hundreds and hundreds of comments on Reddit talking about how dumb of an idea this is and how it'll never work. So as a non-scientist, okay. it sounds totally reasonable, Yeah, but I'm sure there are a million variables as to why this would never work. As someone who's followed what Elon's done for a long time, I find it very difficult to bet against him actually making something happen that he's legitimately putting money into. Once he starts putting money into it, like I feel like that's a, that's a yeah. legitimate claim. But if the second he puts a date on it, I can bet that he will not do it by that date. <laughs> so if he said, we're going to nuke Mars by 2022 and we're going to have it habitable by 2025, I would say he's going to do it. It's just not going to happen until 2030. But if there's no date and there's no money in it yet, it's just kind of a good idea. Yeah, well, so he's selling t-shirts. So is this kind of a- Oh, it's just merch boring... for Tesla. Oh, it's is just it that merch. or is it, is it a boring company flamethrower raise money for tunnel- Kind of thing. Uh, it's not really connected to any one company yet. I guess SpaceX could sort yeah, of claim it. I think space, SpaceX is the one selling the t-shirt. The funny thing is SpaceX is doing the best out of any of Elon's companies financially, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, I actually don't, I'm not aware of yeah. which is doing the best. I mean, Tesla's, uh, I mean, car companies haven't done great for a while, but they're just sort of teetering around like sustainable where SpaceX is actually doing great. Okay. Um, so I, if I were to imagine a, a, an Elon company needing to, to fundraise. fundraise, I would not have guessed SpaceX, but I also you know can't what? imagine how many T-shirts you would have to sell in order to nuke yeah, Mars. Yeah, that's that's a pretty that's a lot of T-shirts. You got to either sell very expensive T-shirts or a lot of T-shirts. I think they're twenty five bucks, so I guess they're trying to sell a lot of. So them. a good couple million T-shirts will take care just, of that just, just well. Nice. Uh, so next up, we have Apple in the news. Apple loves to be in the news. Pretty classic. Mostly, yeah. I feel like it. 
people this is apple is the most love-hate relationship that we at least see in the tech world i feel like oh yeah they're they're one of the most loved companies in the world because of the iphone they're also one of the biggest punching bags of the media oh, yeah. for all kinds for of stuff. sure for tons of reasons tech people i'm sure a lot of people we have a lot of android fans oh there's plenty of the legitimate show. reasons to yeah there are plenty of apple. legitimate <laughs> yeah. and there are a lot of non-legitimate reasons so either way battery issues everyone's favorite i heard about this yeah a couple of them it which is interesting imagine having two different battery issues in the news within the same couple weeks it's kind of funny that apple i mean yes you can be in the news for battery issues but i feel like nothing will ever quite live up to samsung's exploding phones like i every i'm carrying a note 10 right now and i still think about it every once in a while Mm -hmm. like this is a company who made phones that exploded because of the battery that's very true yeah looking at any of this if you see it's all mild, right? <laughs> Battery stuff in the news, <laughs> it will almost never compare to the Note 7 fiasco. So what did they actually do? Uh, so right now, we see a lot of controversy over Apple adding, I believe it's a software feature or feature. Uh, if you replace your iPhone battery with a non-first party battery, you're going to lose out on your battery health section of your settings right. pretty much. And that's a that's a non-Apple battery or a non-Apple certified replacement service yeah so i think it's gonna be like that no matter what because i'm 99 percent sure that if you're a non-authorized seller you cannot buy first party right which is i think actually more of the big news mm-hmm. story here or why this is bringing up because we have a there are a lot of people who are really upset with stuff like that we see right to repair all over the place um, yeah apple seems to be the main target of a lot of that aside from that uh, yeah so if you go to a third party uh repair shop or do something yourself you have you know we we all know i fix it at this point they offer a lot of tools to be able to get into all of your technology yeah, pretty easily sell you a kit to get right inside the iphone yeah and i've actually while reading this it seems like a fairly easy process i mean it's not old easy where you just pop the back off your not as easy as it throw, used to be like yeah. but you still have to heat up the glue and pry it open but you can get inside the iPhone. yeah and and because of all the resources we have on youtube and stuff like that it's pretty easy zach. to figure it out yep zach uh <laughs> I fix. It. I don't, have you ever heard of Lewis Rossman? Yes, he's super interesting. I could listen to him rant. For oh, he's like got he's hours. got a hard he stance does. on this. I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I watched a couple things because of this, so I, I would highly suggest going to watch him. He's very very opinionated. My problem with this one is, I don't think this is as bad as everyone's making it out to be. Okay, here's how I'm here's how I'm feeling. Yeah, I I understand right to repair. Right, I, I, this is one of those issues where you try to see both sides of it, right? So if you're Apple and someone's trying to get into the iPhone and replace the storage, you're like Apple, you're like, oh, our products are so flawless, they'll do it wrong, they have to be certified, and if they aren't certified, it won't work, we won't sell them the parts so they can't do it. Like mm-hmm. you're trying to protect your thing. But on the other hand, like you're gluing it down to the board, you're like doing all these things to like actively prevent people yeah. from repairing it, which is not a good look. But when it comes to batteries, yeah. specifically like if you mess up a battery it could explode like it could it could hurt you so when when you talk about giving people the right to replace their battery on one hand yeah you want to be able to go in and look your iphone battery health isn't so good but you heard about a new battery being able to speed up the iphone and things going well so you want to do it yourself yes but if you mess up a battery installation like that's that's like a risk you'd never be willing to take, like the things that could go wrong. Like if you think about reading the side effects of a medication, uh-huh. like if one of the side effects of the medication is possibly exploding in your pocket, you probably think twice about taking that in the first place. 
So I fully, in this case, understand Apple's position of do not let people who aren't certified and trained by us replace the battery. Yeah. It's dangerous and it's a bad idea. And if we do it right, we'll give them all the features. Everything will go great and you'll have your new battery and it'll all work out. It still seems kind of like who who even uses the battery health section? Of that's the what. That's app? the main thing. I feel like it's not that big of a deal. If yeah. you put a third party battery and it's still going to work completely fine. Yeah, it's still going to um, work. The phone, and that's actually probably more than it should. Like Apple, I could see them in another universe going, look, if you even take apart the iPhone and replace the battery and it's not done by us, it won't even turn on because mm. it's too dangerous because you, you replace the battery and that could go horribly. The fact that it turns on and works and they just take this one little thing out the section, whatever. I guess that's kind of a bummer for headlines to write about it, but batteries are tough, man. Yeah, so Lewis Rossman talking about this his main thing was that third-party batteries, while not being able to pretty much, maybe they're not made quite as well. Mm -hmm. Yes, you might not get the best performance out of it, might not get the best life out of it. He doesn't believe that third-party batteries are necessarily that much more dangerous than first-party batteries. Yeah. Uh, Lithium-ion's been around for a very long time. Yeah. In his mind, I mean, this is him. He knows more than I do, but he seems to think that first-party batteries are equally as dangerous as third-party batteries and that it's just more of a performance that you're risking at this part. Apple's Apple's personal stance is exactly what you just said. Mm. We don't want, I mean, and I also kind of understand from Apple, not so much, I mean, yes, they're worried about safety of their customers, but the main thing they don't <laughs> want is Apple iPhone blows up in yep. airport. Exactly. Blah, blah, blah. Their new name plastered all over the headlines. Yeah. No one will, people might do the research, but if the, if people find out it's a third-party battery, that is not going to be in the title of yeah, the Yeah, we've headline. seen how badly it's going to be this all the way at the bottom. Yeah. Certain companies are punching bags, and they know they're going to be. And like, if any Tesla ever gets into a crash, what's the headline say? Tesla got into a crash, mm -hmm. even if nothing to do with the Tesla, yeah. right? If, you, if an iPhone explodes, no matter what happened, it's going to be in the title. iPhone exploded, right? And people are just going to read that and assume whatever. Yeah. So yeah, I get I get where Apple's coming from. Oh, and we've also seen how poorly it can go when batteries go wrong and that becomes PR for your company. Like mm -hmm. Samsung knows, ask Samsung about how they wish they handled batteries in the yeah, last couple exactly. of years. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they've been playing it safe since then. Another thing I don't really know, maybe someone can tweet at us or, or inform me about this, but I don't think Apple is making the batteries. I don't think Samsung is making the batteries. They're sourcing the batteries yeah. and they're buying what they believe to be high quality batteries to use in their products. So it's, you know, they've chosen these these high quality batteries. And if they don't necessarily believe a different one is high quality, they don't want you to install those because it might, might not be as good. But I guess to Lewis Rossman's point, Samsung picked what they thought was a high quality battery yep. and it had major problems. So I think that might, that one might have actually been a design flaw, right? Wasn't it? That was a design something, flaw. Yeah, yeah, it was at the actual case of the phone enclosing the battery was pinching something yeah and pinched in the, the corner yeah. yeah so there's there's all kinds of variables with batteries i guess i'm somewhere in the middle on the fence you know i it I was get crazy it. to me i i'm like i'm trying to find some things for the podcast <laughs> i come up apple battery news like there's yeah. a, something we're going to talk about in a minute also that still has to do with apple batteries but i go in reading the comments being like this will be easy i can see what people think I've mm. never seen something so polarizing like this is just <laughs> putting third-party batteries in and taking away a setting you probably never look at, maybe yeah. once or twice in your phone's life. Outrage? What? Outrage in both. I can't believe you're sticking up for Apple like this. Well, why would Apple ever want to let something like this happen? And just constant, constant fighting. Um, yeah. The Reddit threads were 
fascinating. I, I enjoyed reading it because every I've never gone back and forth on a topic so much. I'm at the point where I don't know where I stand on this. Yeah. Um, so I would highly suggest go reading some. Our Apple has a bunch of threads on this. Uh, Lewis Rossman has a video on it. We can link it in the show description. It's cool listening to everything. I think it's one of those issues that at the end of the day, it's not going to change where you fall on the spectrum of how much of a fan you are because it's not that big of a, like similar to with Tesla. So if I use myself as an example, if I'm a fan of Tesla and I've been driving an electric car with no battery problems and a bunch of articles come out about, hey, Teslas are exploding in parking lots. They're just exploding. Like people just saying like, oh, or writing all these articles about how a Tesla crashed and there was a fire and we just ignore all the thousands of gas car fires. It's not a big enough of a deal to where I'm actually going to change my stance on, oh, you know what? Maybe this is kind of dangerous. Maybe I don't like Tesla anymore. Like people who are hardcore Apple fans will see this and probably stay hardcore Apple fans. Look at all this over-exaggeration. It's just one setting. No one uses it. It makes sense for them to protect them. Batteries are dangerous. Or if you're a hardcore Apple hater, it's not going to change your stance. It's not that big of a difference. Look, Apple's doing another thing that's uh-huh. dangerous to the bad for the user. They're taking away more stuff, right to repair, blah, blah, blah. So uh, it's not really swaying me in either direction. Yeah, I actually think it'd be super interesting to bring someone who's, it sounds weird saying someone who's pro right to repair. Like, I think most of us, we're all tech heads. We, we like repairing things ourselves. Yeah. But uh, someone who's really, Zach would be great. The people at iFixit would be great. Um we gotta get Zach. We Lewis, gotta get. We'll definitely get Zach in here. Yeah, for sure. on the podcast, hundred percent. If you're listening, Zach or Lewis or anyone who wants to be on this podcast, you can talk about this sort of stuff. Yeah, we're down. En- enlighten us. Um, we've already talked about two subjects today that we are not just on. raising the surface of. So look, we're I'm an expert a- on nuking planets. Okay. FYI, that's, that's just a, it's your side job. That's exactly <laughs> what I do on my spare time. Um, one other little Apple thing with batteries. Another thing we saw with Apple is some MacBook battery recalls, um, which we're kind of getting what I think a lot of people are calling the Note 7 treatment, where it's being banned from flights. Oh, uh, no. So, I mean, this is this is a little shorter. First of all, the FAA just has a rule where if a battery gets recalled, it has to be put on the no-fly list. Oh, yeah. It's, That's a good it rule. It has to do that. But yeah. it makes headlines so much juicier when you say, blah, 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 ban from flights. Okay, so, this is one of those things where, like, I don't, was there any like event where like a battery exploded or are they just pre-active? Like- so yes, there actually was. A, it was a Reddit thread actually. Um, where one person's battery there was exploded. A, um, it was a MacBook 15. It's only 15 inches and it's one sold between 2015, 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, so by the way, if you have one of those, believe you can get a free battery replacement through Apple. Um, FYI. But there was a, a thread on Reddit where it's pretty bad. The guy's got it on his deck like outside behind his house oh and you showed me that video billowing yeah, smoke pouring and smoke yeah there's it. like big black burn marks on the bottom okay of it. all right so here's how this is gonna go right yep. one or two people have a problem with the battery definitely a problem mm-hmm. right apple um to try to be safe about it goes you know what all right that's enough problems for us to decide let's recall the battery um if anyone has this laptop this particular 15 inch macbook pro Bring it in, we'll replace the battery probably for free, right? If it's a, a I, defect, I believe so, yeah. they should replace it for free. So they do the recall. <laughs> Press gets their hands on information that Apple is recalling batteries after an explosion. And they get their hands on the little juicy bit that the FAA bans all products with recalled batteries, which means they can make a headline saying that 15-inch MacBook Pros <laughs> yeah. are banned on planes 
which is hilarious, and that's probably already a headline, and you can oh, probably definitely. find I think it. You're even being too specific in the headline. I'm sure it's Apple computers banned oh from flights. Oh my god, so. it's really nowhere near the Note Seven when you think about it. Like that's yes, it's going to happen. They're going to recall it. They're going to do their best to fix it. But the Note Seven was so bad. It was yeah. such a specific. Like if you have a Samsung Galaxy Note Seven. You cannot fly on this plane. You can't mm-hmm. be in the airport. You can't be anywhere near this plane. It was horrible press for Samsung. I remember shipping some phones out we sold like a year ago. Oh, you can't they, ship this phone? He was phone. like, yeah, yeah. He saw that it was a Samsung box. He's like, oh, yeah. oh, my UPS, uh, like the UPS software said, he wrote Samsung phone and it said like, check to make sure it's yeah. not a Note 7. Yeah, yeah. They, people, people just boil it down because they read Samsung Galaxy Note 7 and then they just forget all the other things and mm-hmm. they see Samsung phone and they're like, look, Samsung phones are exploding. Yeah, that was pretty yeah. bad for them. I'm sure Apple will find a way to uh, quiet this one down. Um, Yeah, it's, it's not that bad. I think the main things to take out of this are that, first of all, I highly doubt any TSA agent is gonna look up the serial number to see if you have a 15-inch MacBook Pro from, yeah. two, from a two-date, too specific yeah Yeah. way too specific but then on top of that i also wouldn't doubt if you're traveling pull your laptop out and someone from tsa is like oh that's a macbook they all look exactly the same like Mm -hmm. are you sure you're allowed to have that and then you're gonna have to explain it so if you're flying with a macbook get ready to explain to a tsa agent it might happen it's fine there's probably a good chance that happened and then just the other thing i find kind of funny is what we talked about right before this was apple not trusting third-party batteries and then (laughs) very closely in date they come out with recalling their own first party batteries yeah due to explosions so, batteries are tough man yep take what you want with it batteries i thought it was tough. kind of funny um i know it, it's not just apple everyone has issues with stuff like this but you can't help but laugh a little bit so what i've learned today is batteries are tough nuking planets is easy mm-hmm. and dmca takedowns are somewhere in between yeah got pretty it. pretty much all right we'll take a quick break we'll come back and we'll do a little bit q a and talk about the podcast Support for this episode of Waveform comes from Gigabyte. There's a lot of talk out there about how AI is revolutionizing our world. Computers are writing newsletters, robotic bees are pollinating flowers, and a whole new wave of driverless taxis are popping up in cities all over the world. But how can AI power our passions and what we do for fun? That's where Gigabyte's AI gaming laptops come in. So their range of powerful and portable new laptops deliver cutting edge performance for anyone looking to explore the brave new world of AI powered gaming. So every 2024 Aorus machine comes equipped with the Gigabyte AI Nexus, which is like a central hub located with all the AI-powered features you could hope for. So that includes super useful tools like AI Power Gear, which automatically throttles and extends your computer's battery life depending on your power source and usage. You'll also get access to AI Boost, which optimizes performance based on what you're doing in that moment, whether you're ripping through an FPS or running your own large language model. AI Boost automatically adjusts the GPU and processors to maximize responsiveness and deliver unparalleled efficiency. Lastly, AI Generator includes various generative AI apps for quick startup, and all 2024 Gigabyte models seamlessly integrate with tools like OpenAI and Microsoft's Copilot AI chatbot. But the Aorus 16X and the Gigabyte G6X take it to the next level with a dedicated Copilot key, allowing users to swiftly tap into productivity and generative AI capabilities. I also keep hearing AI is going to change a lot in the gaming world. Andrew, can you think of anything about that? Not just optimization, like you said, but like more personal optimization. I could see happening where like maybe you're playing a competitive game like Valorant and you want higher FPS and lower resolution. Like you're okay versus like The Witcher where you might want 4K crispy resolution and like a lower frame rate. I think finding that 
between your computer specs and what you want might help out a lot. Nice. So all of the models that I've been talking about are available right now at auris.com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. So that's A-O-R-U-S dot com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. Gigabyte, team up, fight on. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, welcome back. Uh, Q&A. We haven't done Q&A videos on the channel in a little bit. You might have noticed. It's August. We have done one this year, yeah, maybe. One, maybe two. Um, they're just, we. <laughs> when you do so many Q&As, which we did every single month for 12 months at least and many more previously on the channel, you start to get like the same questions over and over. Over so, and over and over again. Yeah, yeah, I feel like we've we've answered the most common questions and the more creative ones are fewer and further between. So we're not going to do a Q&A video over and over on the channel, but they might be more fun to do on the podcast to talk about more recent topics and just sort of curious things like that. Yeah, just pick a couple. I think we were doing like 10 to 15 in the videos. This might be five or six quick ones. Yeah, but uh, since it's a podcast, we can go like way more in depth about getting to the weeds about stuff, you know? Yeah, great. Uh, already, <laughs> we talked about possibly shortening episodes, but this, this is, is probably a long episode. So I hope you all had a long commute today um, yeah. or where you're now tuning in on your way back home. Sure, so I, I, I tweeted out from Waveform, we're doing a Q&A, feel free to ask us some questions and we'll just go through them here. Um, one of them at the top here, Jackson Hayes wants to know the current audio setup for Waveform, how we're recording, getting that crisp audio. First of all, glad you like it. Hopefully this is even better than last week. Uh, Shure SM7B is the name of the mic. Yep. Uh, we have the cloud lifters now, XLR cables. And I'm gonna I'm gonna not be able to say the name of this mic stand. Mika? Mika? Yeah, I don't know if Mika is the model and the brand is yellow tech but i know if you search yellow tech you can find them and interesting thing about these is i would not recommend i mean i think they're pretty expensive but this is not a beginner microphone stand um this is a microphone stand that comes with an xlr cable built in but without the ends of the xlr cable that you have to solder on yourself which means you could introduce some interference or hiss if you solder it incorrectly so uh, if you're just looking to just grab something from B&H, just get like a desk stand, which is like 12 bucks and made of metal. This is not that, but it's been working pretty well for us so far. It's yeah, no it works great. Noise. I'd pretty say good. if you want something quicker, Rode makes a great- uh, They make a clamp. An arm, they, yeah, an arm that just clamps onto the side of your desk for like a hundred bucks. Uh, definitely yeah. suggest those. These are great though. They, 
they move really fluid and everything and have the XLR cable built in, which, yeah, I had to learn how to solder in order to get it already, but <laughs> small, that was a fun Small experience. detail. Yeah. Uh, plug into the Rode Procaster and uh, right into a micro SD card. Uh, I actually wrote, it's called the Rodecaster. Rodecaster. Yeah, Sorry, I searched Rode. that wrong. Procaster, I believe, is a microphone that oh, Rode right. makes. Yeah, stop calling everything exactly the same. Okay, so it Rode Procaster is different from Rodecaster. Yes. The That's Rode the name Caster. of the mixer. And Got we it. are using the Rodecaster. I'm sure there are other mixers out there, but super easy setup and has usb output which if we potentially do do some sort of live stream ever for this <laughs> do do yeah dude <clears throat> i'm 12 uh then we have a chance of plugging it into a live stream as well as recording to our sd card or straight into you can even do what's awesome about the usb is you can plug it into a computer and record straight into audacity which is something we're also no audition either, audition either yeah or. adobe audition is something where i've been diving into right now trying to help make this audio sound better nice um how about this what other podcasts have you been into recently uh i want to ask you that because i don't have a okay. whole ton i have uh, i don't have too many either i recently got into podcasts before but uh reply all i think is both of our number ones yeah is that, is I, that right <laughs> it's definitely both of our number ones so I, shout out to reply all um i listened to the verge cast that's one of my tech podcasts recode decode by kara swisher uh, Couples Therapy by Casey Neistat. Why'd You Push That Button? Also by The Verge. Uh, Tyler Stallman's podcast, which is just called The Stallman Podcast. And Off the Pill is Ryan Higa's podcast, another YouTuber. Cool. Yeah, I think I listened to more of the super popular ones. So all the serial seasons are incredible. There's another one called S-Town. One of my favorite podcasts I've ever listened to. It is like 10 episodes long. All of these are story-based, so they don't keep going like Vergecast and everything. Right. But those are... Serial and S-Town have probably been my two favorite. Like, I will be on my way home and I'll park in my driveway and just keep it playing. Like, I'll hit the next That's episode. a mark of a good yeah. podcast right there. Oh, Jeff Gordon, shout out to Jeff, asks, if you weren't a YouTuber or playing Ultimate, what career would you be doing? I feel like I've gotten this question before and my answer is always like, it would be something in tech. Mm -hmm. uh, I went to school for business and technology, so, you know, probably some marketing job in New York City or something like that standard path what about you i'm a little older than marquez so i've had a couple jobs coming out of school uh, i worked in a restaurant for a while um I've, I've worked in the food industry for a while that's kind of a, a space that a lot of people work in growing up um, and then after that i was doing it at a small logistics company for a couple probably about two years super super basic level it mm -hmm. um to be totally honest as much as that's into tech and i enjoyed working at that specific place like Working with end users is the worst. <laughs> That's um, what I hear. <laughs> it's so bad. I mean, I, I enjoy yeah. that I have some funny stories about people still using like AOL in 2017, but oh it's pretty brutal. Uh, so yeah, I, I actually went to school for film, wound up being a little artsier than I like. There's Not that there's anything wrong with being artsy, but I've always liked the technical aspect of film. So this wound up being perfect. But yeah. uh, I think if, Something I'm good at is probably like uh, marketing and social media stuff. I'd probably do something in social media marketing. Got it. Just just for the record, I have had other jobs. I don't know if this is a commonly known thing. I worked at the Liberty Science Center for a year, mm -hmm. and I was a caddy. At so I've worked in the service industry. I was a caddy for two summers, and that's one of the best jobs I've ever had. I think everyone should work in the service industry at some point in their life. I actually life. think that's good advice. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I've. I'm sure a lot of people say that, but it's just 
first of all, a great way to understand speaking with people. And then second of all, a great way to test your patient be patience because some people are miserable and patience is key to not losing your mind every day. So go work in the service industry for a little bit. Okay, so Braden Braden 199 whose profile picture is a great screenshot from the office, asked, if iMessage was on Android, do you think a large majority of iPhone users would switch? So many thoughts on this. Okay, number one, if iPhone, if iMessage was on Android, that's never happening. Yeah. I'm just, I'm accepting it. It's never happening. Um, if, so that's number one. If it was on Android, do you think a majority of iPhone users would switch? No. There's still a ton of other walls in that ecosystem. Uh, that's one of the bigger walls that people really don't want to climb, but there's other things. There's the Apple Card, for example. Um, there's other Apple services. Uh, they're really proud of their services. So I don't think they would. And number three, I don't know if you've seen this. This is actually super recent as of today. Samsung making a bunch of GIFs in Jiffy, I think is what it's called, okay. that you're supposed to use to reply to people who say that blue messages are better than green. Oh, and they're Jesus. like animations of like green caterpillars eating blue caterpillars, like deal with it in green Samsung text. Samsung really knows how to bring the cringe. Absolutely cringy. It's horrible. And I just, I read through that today. It was, a, it was an article on The Verge. We'll put it in the show notes. It's horrible. It's so bad. Huh. It's just really cringy. Anyway. So. Uh, actually, I want to go back to something you mentioned there. Did you say GIFs? Jiffy? GIF? GIF? Oh, I'm a GIF. Um, I like GIF. Yeah, GIF is my way of saying it. I, I believe the guy came out with how it's pronounced, but I will never accept it if it's what did not say? what I think. I don't remember. Oh, you don't but remember? I'm just saying <laughs> if it's proven that I'm wrong, I denounce that. I think I've said it both ways, but I'm pretty sure I would say GIF. GIF? Yeah. All right. Um, What's the worst piece of text so far in 2019? Somebody replied with my answer, actually. Really? Royal FlexPi. Royal FlexPi, <laughs> worst piece of text. And that's just huh. recency bias. I just remember like really having nothing that great to say about it. Yeah, I feel like you kind of have to give it a little credit for attempting to... Uh, oh, there was an attempt. <laughs> there was, <laughs> there was an attempt. attempt, that's it's for sure. attempting to bring new technology out, but the attempt was poor. If I had to pick worst piece of tech I've seen this year, I'm like literally looking around the room. It but probably we, isn't we throw, still in here, yeah. We throw bad tech out pretty quickly. It would be in the garbage. Yeah. Um. Wow. Is it good that I can't think of something? That's a good sign. I mean, there's there's not directly? too much really truly bad tech. I mean, if you think about it, the Royal FlexPi is a phone that folds in half. Like that's pretty amazing. Yeah. But yeah, as far as like actually bad pieces of tech, we don't really see too much of that. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, like. Here. I almost want to say something that just, I mean, air power is terrible because it never came out. That's oh, fair. And then Bixby speaker is terrible because we haven't heard about it anyways. Oh, so when is like, that going to come out? Bixby speaker or Tesla Roadster, which is coming out first? I think Bixby speaker comes out first. Oh, yeah. You're probably right. You're probably right. I think so. And then uh, Bixby speaker or what was that other? I also love how it's not called Bixby speaker, but oh, I'm calling it Bixby that, speaker. And that's that's all, what I'm calling I'll it. I'll ever know it as. I'm locking it in. Bixby speaker. Bixby speaker first or Samsung Galaxy Fold first, which comes out first? I'm going to say Fold. So Fold, then Fold's supposed to come speaker. out in September, right? Supposed to, in a month. But Bixby speaker was supposed to come out in summer. How about this? What's the inspiration or meaning behind the MKBHD logo? The logo is uh, very, very OG to the channel. I mean, I really just wanted... This was back in a time, actually, where... People didn't use their faces as their avatars on YouTube tech channels. Uh, big shout out to VV Comp Help VV, super OG YouTuber Jerry. He doesn't make videos anymore, 
but he had like an infamous infamous tutorial on how to make a profile avatar using GIMP, and it was just like a super simple like huh. gradient in a circle t- tutorial. But back in the day, like he was one of those big tech YouTubers, and no one used their face. Everyone had an avatar, and I wanted my own like logo or avatar that just felt professional to huh. have. And so I I worked with an artist on one. I don't even remember what year. I'm gonna say like 2010, 2011. Wow. And uh, some people say it looks like a bow tie, so I'll go yeah. with that, but it's just pretty clean overall. Cool, so it's basically a, a clean logo that I think people underestimate how how important it is to have a good logo for something. I'll tell you right now, just like a name of a child, it is very, very difficult to come up with a truly unique logo that yeah. doesn't have some sort of brother in the world mm-hmm. that looks just like it. And uh, I think that's one of the rare examples. Yeah, it was, it was really interesting. We were actually talking with Cotton Bureau when we, a couple months into working with them about potentially working with other people and a lot of other channels seem to be not going into the merch game because I hate that I said merch game out loud. The merch game. A little too Paul brother <laughs> saying that. But you know, like <laughs> it's hard to release merchandise when you don't have a logo. Yeah. Like we have a lot of tech friends that could probably sell a lot of stuff and make some really awesome creations, but they don't have a logo. So it, it's not... Not that a logo is the only thing you can put on a shirt, but yeah, it's one of those sure. like core basic things that yeah, it's like, one of those things where like I'm walking, you recognize down it, it yeah. you see it, and exactly like, that's like when we know. go to CES and we see someone with our logo on, it's like oh yeah. that's awesome, yeah. And what's up, dude? Like instant notification, yeah. yeah. Maybe one more. Yeah, can I? Uh, I'm gonna ask one of my own questions. Okay, actually, Shoot. Um, you're asking me a question. I'm asking Marquez a question. Okay, this is not on our Twitter. This is one <laughs> I've been thinking of. What is one thing you do with technology? that would really piss off a lot of tech fans. Oh, like what, a sacrilegious. Yeah, like some, like do, not having a passcode on your phone or your password being zero, 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 like Kanye. Oh, wow. What's something I do with tech that's probably sacrilegious? That's, I know there's there's probably good stuff. It's hard. To, I'm sure it's hard to think about because you're like, it's just second nature to you. And the, the reason people do things that are not normal is usually because it's just become a habit. Yeah. You know what I think one of mine is that I just looked over my shoulder at the Mac is my window management on my Mac. Mm -hmm. I never full screen anything ever. Final Cut is the only thing I think that I use that's full screen. Everything else is windowed and with space in between it. I don't use any window management. I know a lot of people have plugins to like do half the monitor for one app, half the other. Windows does it natively. You can get plugins for Mac OS. I've never even gotten close to doing any of that. I just Hmm. do my own thing. So you you do use spaces though, right? I use spaces, okay. yeah. Well, that's just because I miss dual monitors so much. Huh. As soon as I get my dual monitors, as soon as I get my dual Pro Display XDRs, small flex there, uh, yeah. I'm so excited to have dual monitors okay. again. Yeah, super ready huh. for that. So poor window management. That's yeah. nowhere near as bad as I thought. What, do you have um, like a good answer for yourself? No, I, and it's, well, actually, my one answer probably would be I didn't use a lock screen on my phone for a long time. Um, mm. Actually, I believe we just added something in our emails that you had in order to have our emails on the phone we had to add a lock screen and that's that's why i added it actually it's been a total pain in the neck because i started climbing and my fingers get destroyed so my fingerprint never works i always just have to enter wait i didn't okay i didn't say that again because i didn't realize that like Mm -hmm. you climb enough where you'll literally damage your fingerprint to the point where you can't unlock your phone anymore so it's not so much that i climb enough it's probably that i don't climb enough that my hands haven't gotten good calluses on them. So oh. there's they're so soft that when I go climbing for two or three hours, 
just between chalking up and holds that have gritty textures to them, my hands start ripping apart, essentially. Um, I definitely can't. Right after, my fingerprint will never work on my phone. That's crazy. Um, And even up to now, like, you can see, like, they're they're not great now, and I haven't climbed for a few days. And yeah. so yeah, I'm pretty much entering my passcode and all the time. I'm actually huh. I'm excited for if I do go Pixel Four, I'll have Face ID. Uh, but that's a very niche. Uh, we shall see. Yeah, not we many people see. have that issue. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been uh, our last podcast of August. Next one will be two Fridays from now in September. So on the subject of disappearing fingerprints, this is the end of the episode. Thank you again for listening. Uh, again, if you have feedback or if you have any other questions or you just want to talk waveform, hit us up, WVFRM on Twitter, and we'll probably uh, we'll see that stuff and we'll read it. Once again, we're your hosts. That's Marquez Brownlee. I'm Andrew Manganelli. Waveform's produced in partnership with Studio 71, and that cool new intro and outro music you're hearing is by Cameron Barlow. Support for this show comes from Vanta. Dealing with loads of spreadsheets, juggling different tools, and having to do manual security checks, it can be a headache to keep up with today's compliance and security programs. Vanta is the trust management platform that wants to simplify things and bring all your trust-building efforts under one roof, making growth smoother for your whole organization. Vanta lets you automate up to 90% of compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001, HIPAA, and more. Strengthen security posture and reduce third-party risk. Get $1,000 off Vanta when you go to vanta.com slash vox. That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash vox for $1,000 off Vanta. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.